Hello, my name is Kevin Kiley, and welcome to Thursday's After Session, a weekly podcast about events in the California State Capitol. We are broadcasting, as always, from Room 4153. So, Kevin, a few notable pieces of legislation this week, all related to public safety. One is a bill that you're co-authoring with Assemblyman James Gallagher, AB 255. It pertains to sexually violent predators, that is, someone convicted of a violent sex crime, and reforms where these sexually violent predators can be placed after they've served their time in prison. Yes, I received word a couple weeks ago that a designated sectionally violent predator had been granted conditional release in Lincoln. Now, uh, a few things were concerning about this uh, as soon as I heard it. Number one, sexually violent predators, these are not your ordinary sex offenders. It's a very high bar to classify as a sexually violent predator. Uh, basically, there has to be a finding that uh, someone has a mental defect or disease that makes it likely that they will reoffend. So these are really the most deviant of offenders. And this particular offender uh, has no ties whatsoever to our area. Uh, he's from Santa Clara County. And the chosen location is in close proximity uh, to minors. There's a trail nearby uh, where cross-country students go and run. There are bus stops along the way uh, where children are. And so the whole thing just uh, struck me as very concerning and has been a great concern to a lot of folks uh, in Lincoln and, uh, and in our area. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want to come to any immediate conclusions, so I looked into exactly what the legal process was here leading to this decision, and it very quickly became obvious that this was a completely arbitrary and, uh, and unwarranted decision. So I have written a letter of opposition to this placement and filed it with the court in, uh, in Santa Clara County, where a judge is going to be ruling on February 7th uh, whether or not the, the placement will go forward. And a lot of the outrage is that this uh, offender is from the Bay Area, uh, he's from the Santa Clara area, but he's being placed up north in Placer, whereas you say he has no family ties, no employment ties. And what your legislation would do is if a predator cannot be placed in their county of domicile for whatever reason, that they then must be placed in an area where they do have some kind of personal connection, either through employment or through family. Yes, so in addition to trying to reverse this particular decision with respect to uh, the individual placed in Lincoln, as you mentioned, I've teamed up with Assemblyman Gallagher, who dealt with a similar situation in his own district, uh, to try to fix the legal process that, uh, you know, this is now the second sexual, sexually violent predator that's been placed in Placer County, uh, when most other counties in the state don't have any. And, uh, and as you said, the, the, one of the big problems is that uh, in this situation, we're getting someone who has no ties whatsoever uh, to Placer County. Now, I should mention that under existing law, in order to place someone outside of their county of domicile, which in this case, case is Santa Clara, that can only happen if there are extraordinary circumstances present. But as we look at how these cases are handled, it turns out extraordinary is actually pretty ordinary. And in this case, I haven't seen uh, any good reason uh, why he can't be placed in his county of domicile. But let's just assume, for the sake of argument, that there actually were a legitimate uh, basis to find extraordinary circumstances here. What our bill would do is say, well, you can't just, you know, uh, kind of place the person wherever you want. Uh, you need to find a county uh, where they at least have some ties, be it through family, be it through employment. 
because number one, that's uh, probably a fairer approach, but number two, if the point of this conditional release program is to allow uh, the offenders to uh, be rehabilitated and to uh, be integrated back into society, that's more likely to occur in a place where they have some of those ties. Yeah, we'll keep our listeners updated about the progress of this bill as it goes through the legislature. Another bill that you've authored this week is related to another form of sexual predation. It's an anti-voyeurism bill that closes a very serious loophole uh, in the current law that's almost unique to California. Yes, so uh, Josh, maybe you want to explain the, uh, the intricacies of this bill. He's our legislative uh, expert after all. Yes, so um, currently under existing law, it is illegal. It's actually a, a disorderly conduct misdemeanor to record someone in a uh, state of undress uh, if, if there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. However, the, the law states that the person, in order to prosecute someone for committing this crime, the person in the video must be identifiable. Uh, there was a court case that happened uh, in 2015 where the, this was done. Someone was a victim of uh, you know, being uh, recorded without consent. The court found that the person that had uh, done the video recording could not be prosecuted because the person in the video was not identifiable. They could not make out who exactly the person was, despite the fact that there were other variables involved that um, were clearly connected the person to the crime. So basically what the court decided is that this person wasn't identifiable, but they did decide that the legislature could go in and change this if they felt that it was right, that this, the person in the video did not have to be identifiable. So basically your bill uh, is going to close that loophole and basically strike from the, the law that the person has to be identifiable. Yeah, and this is uh, the state of the law in I think every other state in the country, is that right? You know, we, we get a lot of these things as California, like we're the only state doing this, and, and usually it's not necessarily a good thing. And so this is going to just give, uh, you know, victims of voyeurism and uh, this sort of an invasiveness, the same protections uh, here that they've got elsewhere. It's a sensible change, it's a pro-public safety change, it's a pro-victim uh, change. And one final bill for this week, uh, and this returns to a theme that we've talked about in previous podcasts, and that's the state's absurd distinction between violent and nonviolent sexual assaults. And what your bill would do is to ensure that victims of quote-unquote nonviolent sexual assault have the same protections as victims of any other kind of assault. Yeah, exactly. As you say, it's an absurd distinction. Uh, we all know that sexual assault is is, is quintessentially uh, a violent crime. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we've talked in a, a couple weeks ago about a measure that we have uh, that, that's in the legislature now um, to erase that distinction when it comes to applying Prop 57 and other things. This bill that, uh, that I'm introducing will uh, erase the distinction when it comes to a particular protection afforded uh, victims of these crimes uh, where the offender cannot be within 35 miles of their victim. My bill will ensure that applies to uh, all victims of sexual assault, not just those that are uh, arbitrarily considered quote-unquote violent under existing law. Right, and this would protect people like the victim of the Brock Turner case who were assaulted while intoxicated. Yeah, right, because that's one of the, um, you know, uh, so-called non-violent forms of sexual assault uh, under existing law. Of course, everyone agrees this is actually violent, and uh, so this bill acknowledges that and says that, uh, that the victim of that very ghastly crime uh, should have this 35-mile protection. Yeah, she's allowed to petition the court to ensure that her offender is not allowed to reside near her. Exactly.
All right. Well, that's it for this week. Yes, that also uh, completes my public safety legislative package for the year. This in combination with a couple other things we've discussed in previous podcasts. I think there's a lot more work to do at a time when crime rates are, uh, are going way up all across California, and a lot of folks are starting to uh, really worry about the safety of their communities. But I think that the measures we've introduced are going to be a good start to get us moving in the right direction. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, until next week, this is Kevin Kiley from Room 4153 at the California State Capitol.